the One Fab Day Wedding Podcast. Welcome back to the One Fab Day Wedding Podcast. We're so glad you could join us. In recent episodes, we've led crash courses in wedding dress shopping, bridesmaids dress shopping, budgeting, guest lists and honeymoons. And now it's time for another biggie. Today, we're talking about all things bridal beauty. Wedding makeup is the source of much debate and discussion, and we can see why. Your wedding makeup look has to satisfy so many requirements. It's got to look terrific on camera, you've got to feel great wearing it, and ideally, it's got to stay on your face for the next 16 hours. Bridal beauty is a topic that we get tons of questions on, so in this episode, we'll be putting those questions to Aidan Corcoran of Brian Thomas Beauty Style Team. We actually did an event last year that Aidan did a kind of a demo on, and I have to say, the man glows. He does. He absolutely does. And he gave such practical advice as well. Yeah, he really knows his stuff and he knows his products inside out. That's the best thing about him is that he kind of is an impartial voice on products because mm. he has basically everything, every brand at his disposal. Yeah, I think these days with Instagram, it's hard to know who to trust yeah. because everything is hashtag spawn. So it's good to talk to someone who doesn't work for a particular brand and can tell us about all the different products i can't wait one fab day expert wedding tips when you're planning your wedding you can use all the help you can get that's why we always make time in the show to pass on some helpful advice that will help your big day come together that little bit easier claire you're sharing a tip this week lay it on me my tip this week is to think about tipping so have a chat with your other half and think about who you'll tip ahead of your wedding so you're not flustered on the day before or the day of working out if you're supposed to tip someone. So this goes for people like service staff, Mm. delivery drivers, perhaps your hair and makeup. So we've chatted a bit about this in the past, but I do think it's worth carving out a little chat and seeing who you think you should tip and then preparing the cash in envelopes so that you have it on the day. This is one of those things that if you didn't hear it right now, you might just completely forget, honestly, and it's the day and it's gone and you've intended to do it and it's the chance is over. Yeah, I had a friend text me the day before her wedding being like, are we supposed to tip? And there are no hard and fast rules. Mm. It's kind of the etiquette goes as with anything else. It's up to you. But yeah, when it comes to service staff, generally uh, 10 to 12% if it's not already included in your bill and then perhaps throwing delivery drivers a few quid. A good rule of thumb is people who you would probably tip in your ordinary life. So yeah, hairdressers, exactly. yeah, delivery drivers, waiters, all that kind of thing. Yeah, obviously, if you can't afford it, that's completely fine. But if you can, it's good to leave room in your budget to do it. The One Fab Day Wedding Podcast. Over the years, we've heard a lot of advice on how to achieve the perfect bridal beauty look. But some of the most practical and helpful tips have come from Aidan Corcoran of the Brand Thomas Beauty Style Team. Aiden knows that you can't give blanket advice on the subject of bridal makeup. Every face is different and everybody's needs and wants for the big day are different too. So instead, he's going to show us how to decide on your dream wedding makeup look and then make it a reality. And of course, he'll also be answering some of the listener questions that we received via Instagram. So Aiden, I suppose I should start with when a bride is kind of brainstorming her wedding makeup look. Where should she start or how should she kind of go about gathering inspiration? 
Celebrity influencers are always a great option because it will give your chosen makeup artist somewhere where to start from. Because not everyone's articulate when it comes to lipstick colour, foundation coverage, eyeshadow depth. A black smoky eye to someone is a grey smoky eye to someone else. So I'll always ask people to get celebrity influences. Like if someone comes to me and says that they love Cameron Diaz's style, I'll know exactly what type of boho-y, beachy makeup look they might like. Or if they're more of a Helen Mirren uh, styling icon, I'd be like, okay, she's more of a classic mm-hmm. gal. So style icons are always a really good option I like people as well to show me like they're going out makeup so if they come to me with a photo of like them on a night out and then I get an idea of where their comfort level is in terms of heaviness and finish Oh, that's a great idea. And in terms of celebrities, should you be trying to go for someone who has like roughly your kind of skin tone or hair color or? I think vibes. Vibes just are great. Just general vibes. Yeah, just cool. general vibes because we can adapt it then to suit the person's individual needs. Um, vibes are better because I think wedding days are all about vibes. Mm-hmm. You know, you're going for a dress that has a certain vibe, a venue that has a certain vibe, a hair that has a certain vibe. And then the makeup should fit nicely into a little narrative and a little story. Should wedding day makeup resemble a bride's everyday look or should she go a little bit out there with it? It's a great question and it's something we get the entire time and I always say it depends on you as the person because it is your wedding day and that is the most important thing to remember during the entire process is that it's your wedding day you know you can get advice from me from anyone else from the internet everything as well but it all comes down to your personal choices so if you love your everyday look it can be nice to just do a better version of it, like a more polished version of mm-hmm. it. Or if you want to try something that's a little bit outside your comfort zone or that might fit the venue if you're getting married abroad or somewhere down the countryside or maybe a small city wedding, it can be nice to adapt it to suit them. But as long as it suits you and what you want for your wedding day, that's the most important thing. But I, I think if you're someone who makeup is functional rather than enjoyable, like we have a lot of clients who just, it's makeup is functional. They, mm-hmm. they have the foundation, the lipstick, just to get them presentable for work or for the day. That They're not, they're interested level kind of stops there and if that is you there's no problem with wearing your everyday makeup but maybe a slightly more polished version Mm. of it and obviously we're in the height of summer now Um, do you have specific advice for brides who are getting married either in like the height of summer or else destination where it's going to be really warm is there Mm. anything you can do to sort of preserve the makeup in that scenario yeah take, take your time like do especially if you're getting married abroad in a destination wedding they tend to be later in the day anyway and I, my experience um, I get a lot of people in for lessons in store because they might have hired a makeup artist abroad but they want to have a lesson just for reassurance oh, themselves idea. yeah it's a really good option because you can hire a, a makeup artist abroad but you might not have had a trial yet with them and you might think their style might be slightly different from what way we like to make wear makeup in Ireland so it's great to come in for a lesson and then get a few bits to get yourself organised and then if you do have to do your own makeup on your wedding day abroad take your time I always say make a day of it you're generally getting married around 3 o'clock 4 o'clock when you're getting married abroad as well so give yourself like double the amount of time and go nice and slowly layers are the best way to make makeup last um, in winter in summer any time of the day is layers so you're going to do many thin layers so if you're doing foundation and the worst thing you can do is throw on one big full layer of coverage makeup loves mm. to be applied in layers like little thin delicate little layers I'll generally do one little layer on say the left side of the face move over to the right side and then vice versa give it like makeup generally takes about 30 seconds or so to set naturally in the skin give it time to just settle into the skin and then you can build up the coverage to a comfortable level but in a quite natural way as well mm. there is a huge difference in the, the evenings you're going out and you decide you're going to spend an hour doing your makeup compared yeah. to the five minutes when you're doing yeah. it before work it's just mad the difference so, I love yeah. that tip about doing it on like different sides like crop rotation 
Yes. <laughs> I bet no one has ever used that analogy before, but it works for me. Who's the one from County Clare? Well, I'm from a farm in my previous life, well, so great. Yeah, there you go. I suppose it all ties back in together as well. Um, humidity proof um, foundation is really important for this time, especially the weather we're having at the moment, like our little heat wave. Um, humidity proof makeup is super important as well. So if you are maybe more of a dry gal or more of a dehydrated gal the entire time and you're getting married this time of the year or abroad, your skin is going to be different. Mm-hmm. It's going to be sweatier, it's going to be warmer, it's going to be oilier. So maybe getting makeup that's more waterproof orientated and humidity proof. MAC do a lovely one in Prolong where Nourish which is beautiful has SPF in it as well. Um, NARS do a lovely All Day Luminous as well and Tom Ford have a waterproof foundation as well. So they're all really good options with those. If however you are using a long wear waterproof foundation the layers get thinner. Oh okay. Because it's designed to stay on the skin. It's designed to go on full coverage and it's designed not to move so you don't not need as much product. Mm. So you do little thin layers. And for winter weddings then, should brides opt for something a bit more matte or a lot of sparkle? Should they go big on their lips? People tend to wear more lipstick during mm-hmm. winter weddings in my personal experience. Mm-hmm. They tend to be more wines and plums. It all depends on the vibes again. So uh, winter weddings tend to be more castle orientated, I mm-hmm. always find. They tend mm-hmm. to be those kind of those really beautiful, um, vintage inspired weddings. So they kind of tie in more to um, a lipstick as well. Sparkle's always a great option for a wedding day, but you have to be conscious of where you're putting the sparkle and is it going to stand the test of time? You'll always hear people talk about, you know, it's classic makeup that has to last 10, 20 years, etc. Mm-hmm. as well. So it's always something to consider and be aware of. Sparkle's nice for wintertime though because our skin tends to be more dehydrated and drier so it's nice to reintroduce a bit of luminosity onto the skin, maybe on the eyes or a little bit across your cheekbones as well. The one thing to be aware of on wedding days though is that you are being photographed from mm. every single angle. <laughs> Not to terrify anyone. But every angle, yeah. So you have to be conscious of, you know, you do your makeup at home for a Saturday night out and your selfie camera flash hits at a certain angle, you're going to be photographed at loads of different angles. So you yes. have to be careful on the L contour and bronzer because you can't go too severe because someone's on a camera phone in the corner or your professional camera is miles away or the videographer is not using any extra lights as well. They're just using natural lighting. It's all going to reflect differently off a heavy contour or a heavy sheen. Okay. So I'd always veer more natural. Ideally not be able to see any of the lines or the textures on the skin. Unless that's what you like. Unless you like a kind of a full glam look. Yeah, because you do see those red carpet photos where they have the white powder yeah. across their nose. Yeah. You don't want that. When I can tell that you see those photos and you're like, God damn it, guys. You know, I in my old age, I've kind of, um, I'm, I know I look very young, thank you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I was just about to say it. <laughs> I have grown a love of um, different makeup. I'd stop calling it bad makeup, it's called a different mm-hmm. makeup because it's a beauty that someone else will see that I don't. And sometimes mistakes can actually work out to be quite beautiful as well. Especially when you're doing like a big dirty smoky eye. Somehow like winging it somehow you're actually actually that that works, you know. That's a great attitude. Yeah. Uh, another thing we should say as well about wedding days is that there are a lot of tears. Is there anything, what can we do to keep the makeup where it's supposed to be and not running down your face when you're Waterproof everything again. Everything. Like, I, I don't think I carry a, masar- a mascara in my kit that isn't waterproof. Mm-hmm. Waterproof mascara at an absolute minimum. Um, getting your lashes tinted and permed is always a great option as well. Like getting your LVLs yes. and them tinted done as well because sometimes on wedding days I won't put mascara on the lower lashes if mm-hmm. the eye look is softer because I think it makes the eyes look quite chunky quite quickly. Mm. So I'll just do mascara or false lashes on the upstairs but leave downstairs kind of clean a product. So getting them tinted is a great option especially for the mother of the bride as well because my experience mums don't like wearing a lot of makeup or, yeah. and especially mascara they don't mm-hmm. like the feeling of it on the skin so getting your lashes tinted and permed is a really good option because you know, there's one less thing that can run and then waterproof everything so I'll always use like a waterproof pencil underneath the eye instead of powder eyeshadow and just blend it out softly with um, a little brush as well 
it's a little bit more bulletproof and then layers like layers thin layers are the secret of makeup like celebrities use the exact same makeup that we use mm -hmm. and they have the exact same skin if not worse than us because their lifestyles are just mental so light layers of the right products in the right areas will make makeup bulletproof that's reassuring to know you can look like a celeb <laughs> yes <Yeah>. it's <laughs> somewhat achievable in that way yes absolutely for your makeup trial have you got any tips like how should brides prep for it when should they get it done ahead of their wedding should they get their hair done the same day I always find when people get engaged they get so excited and they want to book everything straight away which mm. is really really cute so if you're <laughs> getting married a year in advance absolutely if you want to have a trial a year in advance absolutely do it but bear, I always tell people if they're coming for a trial a year in advance don't be surprised six months later you're going to want another trial you know as no problem at all. I think six months is a good window of time because you're going to have a more concrete idea of what you want for your wedding day mm. any closer than six months I'd like to get it done early because within six months you have time to fix skincare and you have time to fix maybe eyebrows and all those little bits and bobs and skin texture you, you have you give yourself scope to improve mm. what you already have tips for coming in for your trial have a general idea what you want you don't have to have an exact idea but have a general idea again celebrity influence is really good I love to see a picture of the dress if possible an idea of what way the hair is going to be where they're getting married any vibes they have and also if you can wear something white to the mm. trial is really important as well or whatever colour your dress is going to be because generally if you're getting a trial done with us it's going to be in store in a department store you're coming in you're probably running from work you're in your work gear your hair's thrown up it's, it's not as glamorous as your wedding day so it's hard mm. to imagine the full fantasy if you kind of haven't prepped yourself for it yeah. so if you're thinking of wearing your hair up for your wedding day just have it up at the trial have something white on or down vice versa um, if you're going to think about getting a tan for your wedding day try have the tan trial as well at the same time because the makeup will be so different on paler skin as opposed to deeper skin tone so if mm. you're naturally quite fair skin toned and you're going to wear a tan for the day um, the lipstick colour is going to be completely different. Yeah, mm, you know, course. And neutral eyeshadows are going to be so different against a tan skin as well. So try get all those little bits practiced and prepped as well. And it, there's no problem having a second trial. Like I'll always tell people if you do a certain trial and you can always tell if someone loves it but they don't love it. You mm -hmm. know, as I say, you know, go home, take some photos, sit down, relax. And if you want to try something else out, we can try something else out. It's absolutely no problem as well because it is, at the end of the day, your wedding day. You mm -hmm. know, and your suppliers won't mind making it the way you want it to be will enjoy making it the way you want it to be so there's no questions you can ask or you're not going to annoy anyone by asking for like mm. a second trial and stuff like that and generally speaking people go to at least four lipsticks for a wedding day oh, as really? in like they think they want one <laughs> and then they put that on and then they see another one and then they go yes that's the lipstick I'm going to wear and then all of a sudden someone brings out a new lipstick and then you're like no that's the one <laughs> I found the one <laughs> I all over again the one yeah lipsticks tend to be the ones that most people find tricky um, fine for the wedding day just because there's so many options for lipsticks like mm. there's such a broad broad spectrum for lipsticks um, so there's no problem in you know going through that process yeah. I always think the process of your, your wedding trial and um, the makeup on the day is a collaboration mm -hmm. it's not me like I'm not deciding what you're wearing for your, your wedding I'm not deciding your life for you I'm helping you achieve your beauty goals I may be able to articulate what you're not able to articulate but we're doing it together as a as a partnership same with the hair mm. I love that. It sounds so fun. That yeah. you're like, I wedding day is my favourite. I love wedding days. <laughs> my absolute favourite. I We do so, um, I do maybe 10, 12 a year. So it's a really enjoyable process of me. It's not like 100 a year where you're just like, oh, it's the most beautiful dress I've ever seen. <laughs> oh, your dad's crying. It's so lovely. I've never sweet. seen a crying dad. Yeah, <laughs> it's actually, um, it's really enjoyable as well. And I always tell people, especially on the wedding day, when people are naturally getting a bit stressed and it's like, you've hired the best people. 
Mm-hmm. I was like, all you're going to do today is be ferried. I'll tell you when to leave. You know, I'll say now's the time to get dressed. You know, your flowers to tell you where to go. Your settlement will tell you what to do there. The well, Once you get to your venue, the hotel people or the venue people, they'll just take over. Mm-hmm. They'll be like, here's a glass of this. You're going to go over there as well. So you can just actually enjoy the day. Yeah, I think people don't realise that heading into it, that... Mm-hmm. You've hired people to look after all those things and to think ahead for you so yeah, you don't have to. You don't have to. Yeah. And I think it's re- really reassuring as well that you say suppliers don't mind going over things again That's or doing enough. a second trial because a lot of brides worry that they're being a bit bratty by mm. or a bit demanding by mm-hmm. asking to like, oh, can we try something else? Mm-mm. But I think it's really good for you to yeah, reassure people. Yeah, I, we're all so much happier when you're happier. And you can always tell when someone's not a bit mad about something and there's absolutely no problem in not being completely in love with something. As I said, it's a collaboration. We'll get there in the end and we'll we'll do as many multiple trials, as many emails and back and forths and everything like that until we get there. The great thing about um, hair and makeup is that it's changeable. It's not a tattoo. We, you know, we can we can tweak it. And even on the wedding day itself, if the person says, oh, actually, I fancy a bit of whatever else, there's a full kit there. Like, mm-hmm. I, can, I can do anything you want. I can make it look like a zombie if you want. <laughs> <laughs> I have yet to see that in a real I wedding, but I'm sure it. we will. <laughs> you mentioned lipsticks there. So for a bride keeping a few products in her wedding day kit what do you suggest lipstick obviously a lip pencil as well maybe yeah so at the trial I'll give them a full kind of homework list um, oh, so that will be generally skincare orientated which is always involves two litres minimum water a day which is always what people struggle with the entire time but it is the most important thing that you do is two litres of water a day coming up to the wedding day it's good for you anyway but it's really super important for your skin um, so that's generally always on them exfoliating moisturising all that kind of carry on that's all part and parcel of it for top ups on the actual day it depends on your makeup look but you can always guarantee it be lipstick lip liner um, possibly lip gloss if we're in a lip gloss powder for shine control a little concealer is always handy as well if you know someone's kissing and your chin moves and your nose moves and stuff like that and eyeliner depending if you're going to have any in your waterline they're your general go-to products as well and on the wedding day give it to a bridesmaid mm. you know I always say pick a bridesmaid it's her job and I'll say to the bridesmaid anytime you're doing the big photos you have a quick look at her so that's just before the church outside the church before the photos before the you know the photographer brings them on a little trip around the place when they get married and then just before speeches and then yeah. if you remember to put your lip gloss after that although I do wish someone hauled me in after my speeches because I cried so much during them that any photo taken after that I'm a bit of a mess <laughs> so I'm yeah. sorry Claire I was busy having a good time <laughs> yeah, oh God, I've caused drama <laughs> do you know what it's a really um, it's a new trend we're seeing as well is people booking their hair and makeup for second day oh, oh sure yeah. which is the most genius thing you can do for yourself it's really fun though you know seeing the day before to the second day from from my point of view it's like you had loads of you know you get all the gossip <laughs> yeah. you can see how everyone got on everyone's in great form you can see you know I was up till whatever time in the morning dancing and all that kind of fuss but that's something to consider as well is the day two because weddings are festivals now generally mm-hmm. they're like their three day affairs so the day two booking hair and makeup is um, a nice idea to even think yeah, about yeah that's clever Mm. Yeah, I bet you'd really thank yourself on the day when you woke up and you're dragging yeah. yourself to your yes. makeup bag going, oh no, I've booked someone. Yeah, that's what every bride has said to me or any wedding guest has said, this is the best thing I've designed for my wedding is book hair and makeup okay. for the second day. Love that's it. Cheap. And for the wedding day itself, the schedule, do you sit down with the bride or do you work with the hairdresser? How do you work out the morning schedule? Bit of both. So generally your hair will want to set up near a plug. They want a low chair and a plug and I want a high chair and a window. So generally there's never any fights about it. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So we'll generally stop on that area there. Depending on the scale of the day, like how many people in your bridal party, I always try to get mums done first because mums, in my experience, are warriors 
and if they are at midpoint of the day and they haven't got at least hair and makeup done they just get stressed mm-hmm. and then the very last hour they're making sure everyone has their shoes tied properly the windows are closed and all that kind of carry on so if you don't get the mum done early they're a bit crazy towards the end so I try to <laughs> get them done nice and early at least mm-hmm. they're nice and relaxed and they can enjoy their day as well and then I like to do brides second last and then do bridesmaids last I just find if the hours go mad and there's something else happens at least the bride is done um, I'd always check and see if the bride has any particular person they want to help dress them so if they want the mum to help dress them or a special bridesmaid to help dress them as well then I'll try to get the bridesmaid done earlyish as well but apart from that I'm not too picky I like to get the mums done early mm. that's the only thing I will try to do and I don't like to do the bride early because I like the bride to just have fun because when, when the bride starts getting ready on a wedding day the reality hits Mm. And they're like, oh, I'm actually getting married now, you know. It's when you're sitting there quietly for too long. You're like, yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. And I'll always say to them, it's like, enjoy the next few minutes because this is the last bit of quietness that you're going to have for the whole day. There's yeah. always like a lull when, when the bride's getting her hair and makeup done. We'll do foundation. And the minute the foundation's on, the, the photographer starts coming around and snapping away and stuff like that as well. So it's a nice kind of tranquil 15, 20 minutes of quietness to kind of really appreciate the day that's, that's happening to them as well. Um, and then it gets a bit mad after that. <laughs> It sure does. Should you allocate, is it an hour per person or? So how I like to do it is if you have, say, a typical bridal party of five people and they're getting married, say, at two o'clock and say they're getting married in a, in a hotel, so it's all in the one house, um, I'll try to get them all done at least by 1pm and then I'll move backwards by an hour from there. So I'll generally start around nine and half eight or so where I'll set up maybe at eight, be ready for half eight. I just like to allow for an extra hour, hour and a half on a wedding day in case something mm. happens it's always the same someone brings in like a niece or a nephew that's adorable and everything goes oh my god you know mm-hmm. everything kind of slows down the flowers come in the dad comes in everything kind of slows down from a while which is totally fine but you need to just um, allow to or food when people start making the brekkie as well everything slows down then as well so I always allow for at least an hour and a half extra and it's always lovely to have more time than less time because yeah, everyone's awake anyway I don't, I, you know I'd rather get there earlier then sleep in an extra yeah, half an hour. Yeah, you're not having know? a lie-in on your own wedding Yeah, no, everyone's up since six and away, you know, yeah. so they're all wide awake. Mm-hmm. And what advice would you give to men or I suppose anyone who doesn't really wear makeup in their day-to-day life? Would you say to them, oh, it's worth because of the photography aspect to have a little something-something? Or- For the gents? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. It's becoming more and more normal as well that gents will wear a bit of something on the day, be it a tan or a bronzing gel or a bit of powder or a light base. It's, it's a couple of things. It's number one, if, if you're getting married to a woman, you're going to be beside a glamorous creature mm. who has hair, makeup done, beautiful dress and you have a lovely suit on as well. But if your skin isn't as perfected and, and preened as your bride, by comparison, you might just feel... Like you might stand out a bit. So there's that to consider as well that, you know, when you're standing side by side, you have the confidence that you're both looking lovely as well. The camera flash flashes through everything as well. So the camera flash will be quite harsh as well. So it's nice to have something that will just perfect the skin a little bit more. Um, a bronzing gel is lovely in a gent though. Like Tom Ford drew a bronzing gel, which is stunning. It finishes matte as well. So it reduces any excess shine in your skin and it looks completely normal. Like no one ever knows I ever have it on. I just mix it into my moisturizer or you can mix it directly on your skin and it gives you a bit of a healthy glow as well. And you cannot underestimate a good eyebrow on a man like Mm, a good eyebrow will save so much on a guy like a really nice eyebrow Um, lots of brands do eyebrow products Tom Ford do a brow gel Chanel just brought out new brow range as well loads of brands do little brow products as well just to help kind of fluff up and thicken the brow or they can get them tinted as well Cut to me trying this on my boyfriend tonight. I was just thinking that I can't wait to go home and play. (laughs) I've never looked at his eyebrows before, but now. Oh my God, stunning. Like a good brown Amanda saves lives. (laughs) Literally saves lives. Um, Now we're going to move on to our listener questions. So we had so many people 
Yeah, uh, we might need to do a quick fire round on it. Yeah, we have so many questions. So thank you everyone for sending them in. Uh, so I will go first because this one is pretty relevant to me. Um, <laughs> I'm pale and freckly and happy. Will I look washed out in my pictures if I don't get a spray tan? No, I don't think you will. No, it depends on the colour of your hair and the dress and what style of makeup you want to go for as well. Um, blusher, like blusher for pale people who have freckles, it just is so beautiful, especially Bobby Brown do one called Fresh Melon. It's a pot rouge, it's a cream blusher. And if you are your kind of fair, slightly gingery, blondy kind of colouring, it's beautiful. Like blusher is like the new bronzer when it comes to pale people. So that will help you stop looking washed out and if you do your eyebrows and your eyeline like mascara maybe some eyeliner as well they'll those details will help hone the camera in so you won't look as washed out but you need to consider other products to warm up your skin maybe it's not a spray tan maybe it's not a bronzer but it could be a blusher or it could be a brighter lip but um, no you definitely won't look washed out if you don't kind of have enough colour on your skin you might um, but you don't need a, a tan no amazing this person asks, I'm thinking of doing hair and makeup myself, but my family are putting me off. Thoughts? Now, <laughs> you're talking to the devil here, so it all depends on your personal preferences. I would at a minimum come in for a lesson. And if you come in for a lesson, you might go, yes, I can handle this or actually no. I like what this person is doing for me lesson wise. I'd like this to be my wedding day. So actually, no, this person will be better off doing it for me. Or you can go, actually, yeah, this is exactly what I want. Um, it all depends on what you want at the end of the day. How I'll do natural makeup and how a customer will do natural makeup are so completely different. Mm. You know, we, a makeup artist is fully capable of doing a very natural makeup that will look as, you know, indiscreet as anything you want on your skin. But we know how camera flashes work and we know how lighting's going to work and also you got to remember your wedding day you're in a full outfit you know no one's going to be looking that close to the face it's the whole package it's the hair the makeup the outfit as well so I always would highly recommend getting your hair and makeup done just in terms of the finish it's going to be that little bit more polished and perfected but if you come in for a lesson though like you'll get a very clear idea quite quickly if it is something that you want um, definitely get a, a lesson if not a trial for your hair at least at a minimum you'll have a better idea and then you can actually see whether it's something that you would consider but at the end of the day it's your wedding day like if you're having a smaller wedding or you're just not into it like it's your wedding day if, mm. if you're more comfortable by doing your own makeup and it relaxes you more and it chills you out more in the day and you're not stressed that this person's going to make you look like a, an umpa lumper or someone completely different that's not you and it chills you out then do it you know, the worst case scenario is that if you hire someone and you're just sitting there going terrified for the whole morning day because just like, I just don't know. And then you're freaked out that the eyebrows are too strong and, all, you know, you won't enjoy the day that you're supposed to enjoy the most. Um, but ha- have, a, have a trial, have a lesson, and then you'll be able to see whether it's something that you would like to be able to do again yourself. Mm. That's a great tip. Uh, someone has asked, is it OK to have the same person do my makeup and hair? It depends if you like the trial. So if you get a hair and makeup artist and they do a trial for you and you love both elements, like the hair and the makeup, and the person who's doing both elements has a capability in terms of time, like they're not going to run over, um, totally fine, totally fine. Um, if you're having like a bridal party of maybe two or three people and they have the time to do hair and makeup and you love the trial, then it's absolutely totally fine. Yeah, I know lots of hair, makeup, hair and makeup artists who are amazing at both. I'm awful hair. Don't let me do your hair. <laughs> get a soft curl and that'd be it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it just depends. Like have the trial, have the trial. And if you're happy with the trial and, and it works out time wise, then it's, there's no problem. Mm. The next two questions are about the money. The first reader asks, should you pay for your bridesmaids to have their hair and makeup done? And the next reader says he's a groom having a same sex wedding. Should he pay for makeup if he's not having any done himself? Makeup for the bridal party, like the yes. bridesmaids and stuff yeah, like that. The um, the norm will be yes for both. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, the normal in my experience of the last 12 years or so is that the bride will pay for um, hair and makeup for the bridal party if they're getting it done. Yeah, extra guests will be their own thing, but the bridal party would be the norm, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's what we see as standard, really. And if the grooms are listening to this, sure, he might decide now he is going to get some makeup. He needs done. a fabulous eyebrow. <laughs> he needs at least that, yeah. <laughs> uh, someone asked, how do I go about getting hair and makeup trials for a destination wedding? So you mentioned this bit earlier about how maybe a lesson would be a good way to go. Yeah, well, a lesson is great just to calm your own nerves. Um, and then word of mouth, like especially if it's a, a destination that a lot of yeah, Irish people, Europeans go to, word of mouth, you'd be amazed many people there. Um, you check the venue. The venue might have a supplier list. You can go through those and, and find them that way. And even a quick Google search. Like I have lots of friends who would travel to Spain for the summer and they just set up Google ads. So if you type in ah. Makeup Artist Spain, through Google ad will pop up and then you can do a trial while you're in um, Ireland as well. And ask around, like ask your hairdresser, come into department stores, ask, do you know any good wedding makeup artists in Spain or Croatia or Italy or whatever it is? Like the world is such a small place, but Ireland's a tiny little place. So you'd be amazed by the people that know someone mm. of someone of someone. And then if you have like a little lesson yourself, it will help calm your nerves a little bit more so. Mm. Great. Uh, The next person asks, false lashes, yes or no? I can't decide if they'll be fidgety and uncomfortable. That would depend if the person wears false lashes as a norm or have they done previously the um, long wear ones, the ones that last six weeks. uh, Mm. They're a good option as well, especially if you're doing a mini moon or a honeymoon afterwards because you kind of have them done. Or if you're someone who doesn't like the feeling and the texture and heaviness of a false lash, uh, the LVLs are great. Like get them tinted and curled is amazing. We have Kim O'Sullivan in our beauty lounge now as well and she does both treatments and they're just, it just changes lives. It just makes you feel that little (laughs) bit fresher and more awake straight away. And if you are just getting them tinted and curled, they're your own lashes. So mm. it's not an added extra weight or a heaviness. Yeah, you don't have to adjust to them then. Mm-hmm. Someone has asked, can you recommend a makeup look for a bride getting married in Spain? It depends on the vibes, to be mm-hmm. honest. Um, Spanish weddings uh, tend to be a little bit more boho, so a little bit more kind of golden-y. So uh, a nice kind of a soft golden eyes, lovely. A lip change is beautiful for a Spanish wedding, I think. Like start off with like a nude, like um, Tom Ford do one called Spanish pink, which is just beautiful. That's like a salmon pink. You can start off with a nude and then as the day goes on, change it to a red. So I'm a little bit sexier. But I think if you're getting married abroad, the makeup should be softer. Like it should wear less makeup. It should be brighter. It should be more luminous. It should be softer. Like the eyes should just be a little bit more goldeny, a little bit more blown out. You could do a winged liner, but I just think for the heat and the humidity and stuff like that, you're better off mm. doing something that already looks kind of blurry and softer across the yeah. skin. So yeah, I think more of that kind of sexier beachy makeup would be beautiful. Wow. Awesome. The next question is mine and Selena's favourite. This bride asks, I want my decolletage looking fab in my strapless dress, but it's uneven and blotchy. What can I do? Body makeup. Um, absolutely body makeup's way forward. There's a couple of things you can do pre-wedding. So that's exfoliation, moisturising for as many months as you can because that will help take the texture down your skin and will help improve the skin's luminosity in the skin. And then body makeup. Like body makeup for wedding days is kind of a norm now to be honest as well. Because if you spend so much time perfecting your face and then the body is just a little bit more uneven in skin tone, adding a small amount of foundation across the skin or a shimmery product across the skin will just help even it all out. Charlotte mm. will be doing a lovely one called Supermodel Body. Have you guys tried it before? No. Oh, it's stunning. But you've already convinced me. It's beautiful. <laughs> I'm going to buy so many products after we it's finish lovely. this. It's <laughs> It's so nice. It, it literally, now it sounds ridiculous, but it actually does make your body look like a supermodel. It just makes it goldeny and gorgeous and softer and it tightens the skin as well. And under a camera flash, like you kind of need to put it on and take a camera flash because the camera flash just makes it look stunning, like oh, beyond. Yeah. Like a little bit of that on top would be beautiful. Amazing. Someone has asked, is airbrush makeup worth it for the big day? No. 
it's it's a bit of a hype to be honest. Um, airbrush makeup, micronized pigments, it's it's fine, it's nice. Um, my issue with airbrush makeup is that. The formulas are just not as advanced as the formulas that we would have in our normal cosmetics mm-hmm. foundations as well because the companies don't invest as much money into it because it's a smaller market. So they make the three foundations and they're happy enough that people take away at them as well. It sounds nice, like it's a lovely little word as well, but it, it's basically a really soft mist that gets blasted out your skin at high speed. So the coverage is quite heavy, but it looks quite soft on the skin. It's fine. It's nice. They all tend to be silicone based as well, so they're a bit tackier on the skin. I just find they limit the products I can put on top of it and the benefits you get they don't really add up as well like if you get a good makeup artist I can replicate that finish quite easily Um, whereas the airbrush gun it's fine it's grand like it's fine I wouldn't be writing home about it Mm. okay good to know Uh, this one you've brushed on slightly already Uh, this bride asks I really don't like getting my makeup done as it's never natural enough thoughts (laughs) I would say that's quite common to be honest, um, I always have it when I'm meeting a client for the first time and they almost have that kind of fear in their eyes and they're like, I like it really natural, like super natural. I don't like blue eyeshadow and I don't like pink lipstick. And I'm like, who hurt you? <laughs> like, <laughs> We've what? all been burned. <laughs> like, what happened to you? It's fine. I'll look after you. It's fine. Um, I think being descriptive uh, as much as you possibly can, but not everyone is articulate enough when it comes to makeup textures mm. and tones. So having a photo of what you perceive as natural is a great setup on, be it a picture of yourself or a picture of celebrity or if you have say five pictures and we can dissect them together and I go you know what specifically from that do you like what specifically from this one do you like and we can kind of get an idea together what your version of natural is I think sometimes when people are getting the makeup done especially if they're going to like somewhere where it's a nice treat and stuff like that the person who's doing the makeup feels like they need to give them the full whack because they're paying an x amount of money Mm. but sometimes people are happy just to get the bare minimum that's mm. what they want as well so I think being as articulate as you possibly can um, is great um, but not everyone is kind of knowledgeable enough of the textures and tones so photos are great photos are a really good way or I'll always ask people what foundation do they normally wear and that will give me an idea of where their comfort level is or what eyebrow product would they normally wear and that will, again will give me an idea of their of their comfort level yeah because I guess if someone comes into you they don't have their brows done mm-hmm. I'm always really like oh and I like this and I like because when mm-hmm. you go in you realise that they can't they've never seen your makeup yeah. done so they've no idea how <laughs> yeah. heavy you like things or yeah. whatever yeah um, again one person's heavy is another person's soft yeah. So have a photo of something that you like and at least photos are great because they're visual, visual references and your makeup artists are visual people so we're able to dissect them quite quickly then. Mm. Yeah, very true. Um, someone has asked, are there any extra things I can do in my routine to make sure my skin looks extra lush on the big day and how long before the big day should these be included? I would say a good six months. It might sound outrageous, but six months will give you a good time. Skincare is compounded. So it's like the gym. The more you use it, the better it gets. It depends what your routine already looks like. An ideal routine would be um, weekly exfoliating, whether a chemical or a BD one, and a pre-serum, a serum, a moisturizer, an eye cream, and then maybe a mask or an oil. I know it sounds like a lot, but it's actually not that much when you break it down. Like they, it takes literally three seconds. A pre-serum generally penetrates deeper than your serum. It's more hydrating. It's more plumper. The texture is really lightweight. A serum, depending on your skin needs, it's going to go three layers deep into your skin. It's going to plump, smooth, hydrate, whatever your skin need is. Your moisturizer hits the top layer. Your eye cream goes to the eye area. And then an oil, depending on um, the texture of your skin. Not everyone will need an oil or not everyone will need like an extra mask on the skin and stuff like that. But if you do a minimum of serum, moisturizer, eye cream day and night, morning and night, you will see amazing results on the skin if you tailor the right one to you as well. 
I need to go get eye cream. I don't. You a- absolutely need an eye cream. <laughs> eye creams are my non-negotiable. Like I literally tell people the entire time, your eye area does not produce moisture by itself. That is a okay. fact. That the skin there is ten times thinner. It does not produce any oil, no pores. So if you do not give it moisture, it does not get any moisture. And if you have too much wine, too much coffee, too much life, too much fun, it just. It's me. <laughs> yeah. It goes um, up there. It all adds up. <laughs> Uh, the next bride asks, I've heard that foundation with SPF isn't advised in photography. Is this true? Yeah, I mean, that's something that we hear a lot of. Um, and it's true. It is definitely true. Uh, your two main culprits there are ingredients called titanium dioxide and zinc oxide, which in real life are white powders. So if they're the SPF ingredient, what happens is the camera flashes off them and it flashes back the white. It depends. I think an SPF 15 is totally fine. I think if you're getting married abroad and you need a higher SPF, there's foundations that come with chemical SPFs or there's also primers that come with chemical SPFs or normal SPFs that won't give you flashback that you could maybe utilise those mm. instead. Um, I would be generally quite cautious of a foundation if it had SPF. It all depends where you're getting married and what time of the year you're getting married. But it is definitely something to be conscious of. And on that topic, someone asked us for your recommendations for foundations for brides. I love Nara's Sure Glow. I know it's so hard to give a very general foundation love because it's all going to depend on um, the person. But I find Nara's mm. Sure Glow just suits the majority of people. It's beautiful. Laura Mercier do a lovely silk creme foundation as well, which is lovely and mature skin. They do a moisturising version and oil for version. It's stunning as well. Luminous Silk from Armani is a gorgeous one mm. as well. Tom Ford do a waterproof, which is beautiful. Charlotte Stilby do one called Light Wonder, which is really gorgeous and softening. And then Dior just brought out a new one called The Backstage. It's the face and body. It's what Meghan Markle wore for her wedding day. But it's like a light wear foundation, but mattifying. So there's loads of nice soft options, but those, I think I've probably listed 40 of them there. Those <laughs> small number of foundations are kind of my go-to for wedding days, but I really like Nourisher Glow. It just, it's alcohol-free, has a vitamin E in it as well. It never settles on the skin. There's a full shade range in it as well. It's nice. It gets a kind of satin finish to your skin's, if your skin's major oily, it will, m- might not be the best one for you, but if your skin's kind of like nice and normal or a combination, it's a, it's a nice one. Mm. Great. And while we're tapping you for recommendations, have you got any facials that you suggest people get ahead of their wedding? Yeah, well, again, it depends on your skin needs. So in store, we have a facial service menu. So it's 150 euro an hour and a half and it's redeemable against skincare purchases. So that's a really good one. We have like over 20 brands in a store, leading luxury brands as well. So we're able to sit you down, analyse your skin and give you a tailored skincare routine to suit your specific needs. Um, I think with skincare, it needs to be tailored. So mm. it's always going to be different person to person. You need to analyse that and we need to tailor it and we need to see your lifestyle as well, where it can fit in because you need to give people, I think, realistic goals as well. There's no point someone come in to me and say, you have 10 things to use morning mm. and night. Don't yeah. you dare not use them as well because not everyone has the lifestyle for that. Not everyone has the time for that. So it's really looking at people's lifestyle and seeing what way we, with small changes we can slot in to give them their um, outcome, whatever their outcome is. And someone else asked us how many facials as many as you can whack in to be honest like yeah. there's, there's no harm yeah um, I would say no facials two weeks before the wedding mm-hmm. just on the off chance you get a reaction to something it's highly unlikely say give yourself a two week window where you don't get any kind of those type of treatments because you just don't want to risk it mm. um, if you can do like one a month every second week that'd be amazing if you could get one every week even better but I think one a month is a nice realistic number to, to go towards mm-hmm. and as they come closer to the wedding day you can maybe up the ante a little bit more amazing um, this next question is one you've also touched off, but I can identify with. How can you get makeup to last as long as possible? Makeup just does not seem to stay on my face. They're probably using the wrong skincare, the wrong foundation. Okay. To be honest, in my experience, um, you'd have people just using products that they might have oily skin and using a foundation for 
dry skin or vice versa they've dry skin and they're using the foundation for oily skin which is predominantly it to be honest everyone always comes in with what they perceive as oily skin but are actually severely dehydrated because severely dehydrated skin will give a sheen to the skin which a lot of people perceive as oiliness so a lot of the times I find they're literally using the wrong products to suit their skin So do you ask if someone's coming in for a consultation with you do you ask them to bring all their products? I'll talk to them yeah so they'll sit them then if they're not wearing makeup I'll um, start looking at the skin I'll have a little feel of the texture of the skin I'll ask them some questions like uh, what type of jobs do they do so if you work in healthcare or if you're in a, in a hospital the entire time it will tell me your skin's going to be under a certain stress if you're in an office all day or if you're outside in the fresh air all day it will tell me little little bits of information about your life and then we'll start analysing the routine so I'll ask them what kind of current products they're using you can absolutely bring them with you I'll more than likely know them all anyway so there's no <laughs> point to bring them with you or if you have the old Google as well if, we, if I'm not familiar with the product um, but you don't need to bring them with them mm. I'd have an idea of definitely what you're using so we'll have an idea of kind of what kind of stages that you're at you're like Sherlock but for skin I know yes. everything about that cosmetic floor it's, it's <laughs> yeah. kind of scary like it's mad I'm there four years now and I literally know every single product it's mildly terrifying I'd say there's an encyclopedia in there somewhere <laughs> yes. um, and our final question someone asked how do you go about choosing a makeup look for your bridesmaids years ago brides were very specific about mm. what way they wanted the bridesmaids makeup to look very, like very detailed these days they're not really as specific um, it all depends on what type of wedding you want to have and what type of vibes you want to have because they're all going to wearing the same dress the same colour at least anyway it might be different styles to suit mm. their different body shapes and stuff like that I think as long as they look similar in the lineup that's all you need like I don't think it's terribly important to have the exact same eyeshadow the exact same lipstick the exact same blusher because it might not suit everyone you know mm. you could have a, a red head you could have a blonde you could have a brunette and certain lipstick colours won't look nice on them in my experience especially over the last five six years brides just want everyone to look as nice as they possibly can look and be comfortable with whatever hair and makeup as well. Um, so again, I would think of a vibe. You know, think of a vibe. You'll know what way you want to look and then think how that's going to look um, beside your bridesmaids. So if you're doing a red lip, maybe don't do red lips for the bridesmaids. Uh, and vice versa, if you do a nude lip, don't do red lips for the bridesmaids as well because you don't want them to, to kind of clash and stuff like that. But in my experience, like brides these days are quite easy um, with bridesmaids styling and plus no one's looking at the bridesmaids. No. Not, everyone's looking at a bride <laughs> you know everyone's True. always like the, your eyes will always naturally hone straight in on a bride on a wedding day Aiden that was magical thank I you very know. much I'm thank going you. out to spend my entire salary on product <laughs> I know you'll see us later on the street with just bags of stuff <laughs> uh, thank you so much for coming thank you for having that me that was fabulous to learn more about the Brown Thomas Beauty Style team Aiden and all of their fantastic makeup and skincare services you can visit them online at brownthomas.com one fab day listener dilemmas it's so important to us that you come away from each episode of the One Fab Day Wedding Podcast with hints and advice that you can actually use. And one of the ways we like to do this is to reach into our digital mailbag and pull out a listener dilemma. Selena, let's hear this week's question. So this listener writes, My best friend in the whole world is pregnant and her due date is 11 days after the wedding. I'm really hoping that she'll be able to attend, but of course she'll have to wait and see how she feels on the day. But I'm wondering, if she does make it, is there anything I can do to make her feel more comfortable? I would love to still include her in the day in some way too, if possible. We previously asked her to sing at the ceremony, but on her suggestion we changed things around when she told us about the pregnancy. So obviously... You have no idea how this is going to pan out. The baby could be here or she could go 14 days over. You just yes. don't know. I think you're already off to a great start. You're considering her. You obviously have made her feel considered if you've asked her about singing. And so really 
I think it's about playing it by ear. If she's able to come to the day, maybe give her a heavy disclaimer of it's okay if she needs to pop off at any point. You don't expect her to be dancing with you at 2am on the dance floor. Maybe think about her accommodation. If she's staying on site, give her one of the nicer, more comfy rooms Mm. and maybe away from the music so that she can have a good night's sleep. Yeah, definitely do like a very quick recce in your mind of how the day plays out and kind of think, oh, are there any parts of the day that are standing where we need to like make triple, triple sure that there's like a chair for her to sit down? Um, You could put together a cute little kit that you leave at her place setting Mm -hmm. as well that just had like a few things, like even something like a pair of socks. So she knows like you get to take off your heels first because, you know, you're the one with the foot issues yeah and maybe assign one of the bridesmaids to kind of keep an eye out for her I don't mean babysitter she's a grown ass woman Mm. she doesn't need babysitting but just that there's someone kind of looking out making sure she always has a chair she always has a glass of water or a drink or whatever she needs yeah in terms of including her in the day I think anything that involves preparation isn't really a great shout because she obviously knows that she can't really be relied upon on the day so she doesn't want to worry that she's putting you out Um, but you know maybe mention her in the speeches and give her an extra special shout out that'd be nice yeah if you think she'd be up for it you can always ask her to make a toast but really it totally depends on how she's feeling Um, she might not want all eyes on her if she's not feeling comfortable it just depends on how she is so you can invite her to make a toast ahead of time but let her play by ear on the day and if she does have the baby and she doesn't get to attend yeah it might be nice to like maybe read out a message from her during the speeches or set that up with your partner something like that would yeah, be really sweet or maybe send her a little video on the day you and your other half just so she knows that you're in her thoughts on the day because she'll probably be as much as she's in her baby glow she'll probably be a bit gutted to miss it we are gathered here in the sight of God and his casino to join Homer and Marge in holy matrimony beautiful next Now step away from the spreadsheets. We want your wedding planning experience to be as enjoyable as possible, which is why we stress the importance of taking a break from time to time. Then we go one step further by suggesting an activity that will help take your mind off the spreadsheets. Claire, it's your turn to make a suggestion this week. So my suggestion this week is inspired by the theme of this episode. It's to have a really, truly indulgent beauty treatment. So I'm not talking about going to your regular manny place and just having some schlack done. I mean, something that you'll never normally splash out on, whether it's like a really fancy facial or a body scrub or a really massage. massage. Yeah, somewhere really nice. So not a run of the mill, your local salon. Maybe a nice spa hotel or something like that. Now, this won't be cheap. So you could always ask for it for your birthday or for Christmas or as an anniversary gift or something like that from your other half. But I think it's worth at least once over the course of your wedding planning to really, really treat yourself and indulge. And that's often a good way to switch off as well when you have the like pan pipey music playing (laughs) and someone has looked after your handbag and everything's tucked away in a locker. A friend of ours went for a massage recently and they asked what theme he would like. And he was like, oh, I don't know. Um, You can pick. And they went, "Okay, we'll give you the sea shanty massage. And he was like, "Okay." And he went into a room and it was all like sea noises and seagulls and stuff. And everything smelled like the ocean. Oh, my God. And it was like aromatherapy massage. It sounded gas, but also very relaxing. I thought the theme of a massage was relaxation. I didn't (laughs) know there needed to be a second one. (laughs) But uh, yeah, whether you have a sea shanty massage or something a little bit more chilled out and atmospheric, 
I think it's definitely worth treating yourself. There's never a bad time to do this. No. The One Fab Day Wedding Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. As always, we are ready, willing and mostly able to solve your wedding planning dilemmas. So if you want to send one in, here's how to do it. Put it in an email to hello at onefabday.com or send us a message on social. We're at onefabday on all the major channels. But before you get typing, we've got to ask you a huge favour. If you haven't already rated and reviewed the One Fab Day Wedding Podcast on iTunes, we'd love you to take two minutes out of your day to do it now. We'd also be so thrilled if you can recommend the show to anyone you know who might enjoy it. And when you're done with all of that, make sure you pay us a visit over on onefabday.com. We've got some terrific features going up on the site this week and there are lots of indispensable guides that every single engaged person needs to read, covering everything from budgeting to style to supplier scouting. The One Fab Day Wedding Podcast.